so many memories have come flooding back. I put this song on repeat, just crying my eyes out. It made me feel so bloody alive. This song really nails the feeling of nostalgia for a place. And we all just stopped talking and just stared at the radio. Like, what is that? It's part of the noble genre of songs by women about masturbation. I love it. I love that song so much. Out of the Box. Meet people through their music on FBI. Welcome to Out of the Box. My name is Malika Gazula, and I'm so thrilled to host an episode today. And I have a guest with an incredible story to share with you. FBI Radio broadcasts on unceded Gadigal land here in Redfern. And it is a privilege to share stories and music on this land. And I would like to pay my respects to First Nations elders, past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land and sovereignty was never ceded. Alicia Gonzalez is interested in playful and authentic encounters. She's a performer, director and coach specialising in clowning and the creation of original stories for stage and screen. She's the driving force behind the Clown Institute, where she utilises movement training as a central element in shaping actors and clowns. She honed her craft at the renowned Ecole Jacques Lecoq in Paris, France. I want to start right at the beginning. Um, So growing up, were there any moments that stand out to you from your childhood where you could see yourself going in the direction of clowning? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, thanks again um, for having me, for finding me, (laughs) finding a clown. Yes. Um, Yeah, it's a good question, I guess. As a child, like any, like many kids, you have the propensity to want to be playful. Or I, I remember as a kid just spending a lot of time playing and, you know, not really being interested in the scholastic, academic environment. So, yeah, I was drawn to playing a lot and creating. This is, I grew up in Uruguay, actually. Well, grew up in Australia as well so I was born here but lived overseas those were really formative years so that was like I remember playing a lot in in nature backyard sort of ran into like the bush I would just spend lots of time just you know in wondrous states uh, in awe and you know by myself quite a lot actually um I remember a birthday of mine um creating an impromptu show for family and having our friends there my my little friends there and just finding props and bits and pieces and household items I had an interest in performance definitely didn't know anything about clowning I wasn't like obsessed about clowns or I mean I remember going to the circus but I don't even remember seeing a clown or what what that actually made me feel like I you know I just had no relationship with clowns <laughs> at all yeah you know actually I have this beautiful photo of my mom and myself I think uh, could have been four or five and um, the t-shirt has yeah this picture of clowns in it like a circus band clown, you know um, and I see and, and I just obsess about that photo I love that photo because it almost kind of makes me feel like it was 
telling me the future. <laughs> I was predicting where I was going to end up. Do you think there's any further reflections that you have about your childhood in terms mm. of, or even like adolescence, even like looking at your teen years? Mm. There's also this thing called um, Buffon. In, and the Buffon is different in, uh, from a clown. In, in The Buffon satirizes uh, and mocks society. And as a teenager, I saw myself in those situations a lot where I would call on things. I'd call bullshit or I would find ways to, you know, communicate sort of social justice. Um, but I saw myself doing that in a light-hearted way. Specifically, I remember in high school, maybe towards my senior years, that I was I was mocking a teacher, but in a loving way, respectfully. Yeah, it got a lot of laughs. And uh, I thought, oh, that, that felt good. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. oh, there's power in laughter. You know, like, I felt seen. I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. So maybe there was, like, a hint of... Uh, this is this is fun. Like how I get a kick out of this. I, yeah, like how do I do more of this? That's really interesting that there was a little hint of like a class clown mm. um in your in your early days. Because uh, yeah. yeah, it's like addictive when you can make someone laugh. It's yeah. like th- nothing is quite like that that hit of dopamine. That's right. <laughs> or whatever it is. Alicia, you have picked a song um, that is kind of reminiscent of this time of your life. Do you want to tell us what it is and a little about it? Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> Boney M. Daddy Cool by Boney M. Why? Why did I choose this song? Well, I was trying to think back. I remember um, this mixtape that. I think it was my uncle, um, my late uncle Oscar. He he gave us this tape. I don't know how well, it, it found its way into our house, <laughs> and um, and it had the song. It had the Daddy Cool song, and I I don't I kind of it had all these other songs. Like there were all these other songs, and I just I just felt like it wasn't necessarily appropriate for maybe a kids to be listening to. I don't know. It was like disco era music. Yeah, it just reminded me of um that time of my life where it's like it was my memory of it is like I was secretly trying to listen to this song without anyone listening because <laughs> it's a naughty song it wasn't well you know it's not naughty but it's like I don't know it's not the wiggles <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely music for like grown-ups I guess yeah 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 but it's also still a very goofy song and I love that you've picked it for this section of your life because I think it's going to set the scene for the rest of our chat today.
crazy about her daddy Oh, she believes in him She loves her daddy straight to clown school why not let's go straight to clown let's go school back. let's go right back <laughs> this was probably the part of your story that i was most fascinated by i went to a renowned theater making school called école jacques lecoq you know i lied to actually get into the school oh <gasps> really yeah i lied i lied about knowing how to speak and understand French. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That is a risky, <laughs> risky lie. Did no one test you? No. So that was one of the things that they wanted. They wanted you to speak French. You need sort of a basic command of the language. I had totally forgotten. Like When I applied and I got into the school, because it's a two-year program, you don't automatically get into the second year. So there's a rigorous process and it's pretty cutthroat. There's, uh, it's like a guillotine um, at the end of the first year. And they cull half the group. Wow. So, like, you can probably start, I don't know, you start with 70 students or something like that and you end up with 30 in the second year. And so you need to – it's really sad, actually. It's just terrible. Yeah, it sounds really, <laughs> it's, like, intense. It's it's tra- it's traumatic, mm. you know, like, uh, to some degree. I mean, I, I, I nearly didn't get in. You know, you see just a lot of people just, yeah, crying at the yeah, – anyway, it was, it was awful. But – a bit lovely at the same time. Anyone who's wanting to go, go. It's great. First year, you you start with movement training, so learning how to you know get into the body, physical presence, um, so the biodynamics of the way movement. You study, you observe phenomena like um, you pretend to be a tree, like it. Yeah, there's wow. like a, there's an in joke, you know, like anyone who's gone to Lake Cock, you know, knows how to be a good tree because you spend <laughs> like hours just a lot of the sort of the ped- pedagogy behind Jacques Lecoq is observation and um and, and mime, but not sort of your traditional Marcel Mosso mime, you know, like it's mimetic, so like um observing a sugar cube. It's one of the classes, observing a sh- how a sugar cube dissolves in water and how you can use that um, image to recreate a character or wow. an emotion or gesture. So, for example, in Greek tragedy, you know, you have a group of actors and you ask them to, to use the sugar cube as a way of perhaps crumbling, you know, in distress, you know. Um, 
it's sort of a language for for creating characters in theatre making um, and emotional sort of gestures and and so forth. So you learn a lot of these it's tools, I guess, like observing materials, like how does paper move? How does the wind move? How does the ocean move? And then transferring those, you know, that, that dynamic, that quality of movement in the ocean, in the body or yeah. in the breath, right. in an emotion. And that is sort of the, the tools that you learn as an actor to be able to, yeah, create anything. Yeah, scene right. Or an improvisation or, yeah. So that's kind of like the first year. That's the first year. Is very focused on, yeah, how you can really sort of manipulate your own body and kind of get in tune with those physical skills. Yeah. Sort of preparing you to be able to go in whatever direction you want in the second year. Yeah. So it's sort of the foundational. Mm. Um, and they also apply the neutral, this neutral mask. So you start with a neutral mask in the first year, which is this, these masks that are, that have no um, expression that you wear and it's it's a basic a tool to train the actor to be ready and have a beautiful presence on stage without any sort of psychological doubt mm. and um so yeah that's sort of a Jacques Lecoq tool I guess that he invented with a mask maker in Italy and um so yeah the first year is sort of foundational it prepares you gives you sort of the, the tools to become a better physical actor and then if you are lucky enough to get to in the second year, that that's when you do um, more the dramatic ter- – you study more the dramatic territories like melodrama, um, uh, tra- Greek tragedy, this other um, territory which are called Buffon um, and clowning and many – yeah, there's there's others. So clowning is the last thing that you – you learn. Yeah, right. And I'm guessing you made it to the second year? I did. Wow. You are <laughs> a rare one then. You are one of the one of the few that made it through. That's a huge accomplishment. It, it, it was for me because um, I had to have my ego killed. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's broken. talk about that. <laughs> I've, I've heard that this is this school can be very cutthroat. Yeah. I mean, as you said earlier, you know, like the half of the cohort, more than half gets cold. Mm. What is that process like? The teachers, uh, they're, not, they're not the type of teachers, the drama teachers that you find here in Australia where you can go and hang out and have a beer with them. Not in, the, <laughs> not in first year anyway, but second year, yes, they're a bit mm. more open to that. Um, they hardly ever speak to you in a way that, <laughs> they don't break our smile at all. They don't let you in, basically. Wow. You don't know where you stand. Well, this is my experience anyway. Yeah. They don't let you know where, they, where you stand with them. And, um, you know, you, you just, if you, you're constantly in a state of imbalance. That's how I feel. It's like, you know, and then when, when you think you, you get it and you think you got it, no, the next day it's like, actually, you are shit. Um, sometimes they will even say that to you. The training is taught by, by, it's called Via Negativa. So you'd be on stage and you're basically trying to improv and whatever it might be and you're trying a routine or something and they're like, no, next. Like, you know, yeah. you might be on stage for three seconds. Wow. No, next. Okay. Or, you know, oh, it's 
you know, it's a shame, it's boring, or whatever, you know, whatever. Like, they'll say, c'est dommage. It's like, you know, they'll be just like say things that, you know, you just, they crush it. It's crushing. It's crushing. For some, it crushes them to the point where they don't want to do performance ever again. Right. Yeah. For me, it was the opposite. So I had my ego completely killed the first year. In the second year, I, I started to build resilience and, 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 and understand why why I was there and what I needed to do actually to make the most of my time there because I really struggled in the first year because I resisted I resisted every, like I you know and that was their feedback to me so to answer your question about like well what happened like how do you how do you get into that second year it's like you you had this interview at the end and then they sort of sit in front of you and they just say no or they'll say, <laughs> or they'll be like, yeah, or, or you know, they'll like they'll cross their legs, you know, this sort of thing, and then they'll look at you and, mm, je pense, like, I think it's a no, or, or something like that, right? <laughs> that, that would kill me. It did. It yeah. did kill me because that's what they said to me at the end of the first year. They said no. Mm. We, you know, and um, and it was very vague. And I remember, I, I, you know, it was a disaster. I thought the world was ending, and I, you know, I booked my trip back to Australia, and I had a gig here that I needed to do, and I was, I had work that I was coming back to, but I was still very sad that I wasn't gonna, you know, go make it to the second year. And um, and I, I remember I. It's so weird. I had this dream that my teacher was like, drink more water. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't know what that means. And um, I, for me, I later interpreted that dream, that drink more water was like, be more fluid. That that one, that teacher I dreamt about, um, she contacted me three days later and she said, come and meet me. This is the day before, the day before jumping on a plane to Australia. And, you know, this is a woman I... I I hardly ever had like you know th- a chance to say three words you know exchange three words with her you know it was always like I was you know scared to just do the wrong thing around her mm. <laughs> um, but she's a beautiful teacher her name is Paola and uh, yeah she said I'll give you a place at school in the school but she said il faut jouer but you must play and oh. I was like and I was like yeah I was like that I was like what. <laughs> What is like, this cryptic dialogue? Like? Yes, yes, uh, totally. I know, yeah. very poetic. And um, I was like, okay, what does she mean? Inside, I was like, what the fuck does she mean? But I was, but outside, I was like, yes, yes, we, we, we. I will play. Yes, yes, I will yes, play. I will play. I will play. And I didn't know what that really meant because, and it wasn't until, yeah, this, this, the lightning bolt, poof, you know, hit me. In second year, during a particular, it's called Comedia dell'arte, which is you wear half, demi-mask, half masks, just covering your your eyes and your nose, but you know you're free to speak. And it, it, these masks really push you to to find the the physicality um, of these characters. Um, and I remember, I, I it was the first time that I I did anything in French on stage because I was scared and shy and resisted the language and the culture and all that and it was the first time that I I understood like I was really playing I was I was having fun I was like I was having pleasure I was like oh right so this is about having fun 
Yeah. You know, it sounds so simple. Yes. But it wasn't at the time for me because, I, you know, I was like pretending to be an adult yes. most of my life. And I guess also there's an overwhelming pressure when you were just starting at this huge school yeah. and, you know, you're doing all these crazy exercises like pretending to be a tree <laughs> and like pretending to dissolve like a sugar cube. It's yeah. like you're going to get in your head and you, yeah. I guess, yeah, will kind of forget that you will probably do your best when you're a bit more relaxed and actually enjoying yourself. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's the game of life. It's like if you are just – it's like anything in life. You're relaxed. You're having a good time. You're you're open. You're avail- You're curious. You're interested. You're there. You're present. You give you all your – you know, you're, um, you're electric, you know, and um, and you don't censor yourself, you know. This, this is it, like, for me. It was it – was, don't censor yourself like go with the with the flow like you know what's you know the impulse follow your impulse and so I started doing that more and then you know from there I was having I was having a very good time you've picked a song that reflects what your time was like which I think is so perfect and I can totally imagine you like I don't know if there's hallways or staircases, but I imagine you like sort of storming through them, like on your way to your next class with this song in the background. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah. Um, well, it's Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. I remember singing this song a lot with one of my uh, clown buddies, Natalia, from, she's from Brazil. I remember actually using her, um, her scooter and uh, one particular night after school sometime just going down a pebbly road in Paris just singing that song and yeah it's just a feel-good song it just gives me a bit of a buzz let's take a listen and go right back in time with you don't stop me
So tell me a little bit more about second year. When, at what point did you choose to specialise in clown? Yeah. Um, I remember it was the last um, trimester or whatever it is and that was – it was the, hol- the holidays the, before starting clowning and I was like freaking out. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I had to, I had tried clowning beforehand. I kind of did know that, that there was a sort of vulnerability around putting on a red nose and maybe I didn't want to go back there for whatever reason. <laughs> I was, yeah, I didn't want, I don't want to go back. I don't want everyone to see me, yeah. who I am. Mm. And so I was, I was running from myself. Yeah, I was, I was not looking forward to it. And also at the time I was still, you know, I, like I, every day I grapple with my ego and I was like, what do I need to do clowning for? It's, you know, that's, that's for idiots. Mm. Or clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now proud to say I'm an idiot and I love being an idiot. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. You, you basically begin with making us laugh. I recall the first exercise that you do is the first activity. You come out in front of your class and the provocation was make us laugh. Mm. That was it. So you had to just enter and as do this, something. And do something. Mm. Yeah. And then it was like with the drum, blah, 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 blah. No, not working, not fun, you know, not funny or next or whatever. And so you only have like, I don't know, you don't know how long you're going to have. Yeah, you've you know, got like, like a couple of seconds maybe. If yeah. they know they don't like it, you're done. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> so then and there, I remember I had come out as, so I'd put on this um, long dress and I had this, I don't know what it was, like a doily or something, like a veil that acted like a doily, yeah, in, in something. I don't remember what it was. Um, but I remember. I do remember coming out, and um, my my colleague, my friend, um, she turned around and said to me, "Oh, do you know what the teacher said when you came out?" And she said, and I said, "No." And he's like, "Oh," he said, "Ella, el, el, el déjà de, quelque chose." Like she already has something. She's got something in clown. Like there's something there to work with. And I was like, "Oh." That was like the, the, it was gold. Yeah, that's like the best compliment you could ever receive, right? Especially from French people. Yes. <laughs> not all from these teachers. Yes. <laughs> Certainly. So when you received a compliment, it was like, oh, okay. It, it's either ironic or like it was either like, yeah, um, but this was genuine. Wow. So yeah. I was like, okay, that was cool. And I, I needed probably to hear that. And, 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 I, and I felt it as soon as I was on stage with the red nose and I came to do whatever it was that I was doing, some really idiotic thing. I can't remember now. But I, I felt, okay, I, I, this feels like home, you mm. know. I was like, where have you been all my life? That's like what I felt like. Oh, you're my friend. Okay, I, I get this. This is, I can be myself here. Yeah, right. And what was like the nitty gritty of practicing clown? Like mm. what kind of... What was the nature of that of that art practice? Like yeah. in terms of the physical things that you had to do, was there ever any like verbal stuff? Like tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's not like stand-up where or, or you know, long-form improv where you tend to sometimes, yeah, draw on the, the, the spoken text or, you know, verbal comedy. Um, and particularly with the school that I went to, you do lean on – lean, lean – um, to your using your body 
as as the way to communicate express so using physical comedy over anything else really so and i guess that's why in the first yeah there's that first year's foundational because you have a lot of these tools um to use um and um yeah look they, they set up a lot of improv um situations um for you to try out basically on stage um in in solo or in a duo or in a trio scenario and it's it's like my experience of it was very um i wouldn't say vague but i was i was you know like it was a, you know i was trying to cl- i was like trying to grasp it i was like what is it you know like i i you'd go up on stage and you would do a clown improv and you know you'd get this elusive like feedback you know and you'd get some laughter or you, you you'd flop basically like a flop you'd, you'd fail and and um and that would make them laugh and you so you're constantly trying to understand what is it that they were laughing at like you know um and they don't you don't necessarily get that feedback you yeah. know direct feedback from them you you almost have to search for it and, and almost like um scratch at it and go oh okay they liked it when i was angry oh maybe i'm funny when i'm angry mm. you know yeah and so that experience for me that that clowning experience at lecoq was sort of trying to unearth understand what is this art form like i don't you know it's it's both um there's a lot of um weight in it like there's something in it but it, i can't define it i don't know you know and so yeah, you do all sorts of like improv scenarios. Um, you you do um, at the end of every week. You you, you have um, like a like a, a, a set theater theme that you have. You know, make a routine on an imperfect number. Um, you know, like with the group of five clowns. Um, make a musical vaudeville kind of number or so you're constantly creating you know within the week you're giving little little tools and how to find your own walk you know like how to find your own clown walk and and um yeah um some sort of more slapstick stuff like how to fall um yeah how to um yeah run into a table and smash yourself <laughs> like, like you know like how to yeah what they're called pratfalls like how to make more like physical slapstick comedy um then you can go into more like the eccentric or the absurd part of clowning um which we did a, a lot of as well so there's the variations of clowning as well that we were looking into yeah it sounds to me also like unlike traditional acting like you know training it's almost like every single person has their own clown within them and maybe you might be really funny when you're angry or maybe uh, you know the the next guy is really funny when he's sad or when he's like you know like doing something else Mm. or you know they have like a different walk or something so it's kind of like you're just being yourself but you're being like the clown version of yourself am i getting that right yes Yes, I'm ten learning. Out, ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm learning. A plus student. Yeah, for sure. Like the clown is you. It's not like a character um, that you you know impose or that you have to learn and um, create. Y- yes, you clown. You 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 become aware of yourself, and that's why 
clown, you know, clowns with a lot of experience, life experience are probably one of the best ones because they, they, um, yeah, they, they, they bring that onto the stage or the screen. Um, so yeah, you're basically being you and you know, it, it's like you under a magnifying glass. Yeah. Wow. That is very fascinating. There is this song that you have actually made yourself, um, which is kind of a bit of a symbol that represents your second year experience at Jacques Lecoq. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us about this? Yeah. I'm a bit embarrassed about it because I just wasn't sure whether it was – yeah, I mean, people like it because it's a bit – it's corny. It's Hello by Lionel Richie. It's a silly one, though. We're having a silly conversation. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, so Hello um, was uh, a song that I did sing for my clown debut character. She was a very melodramatic clown who was looking for her lover out in the audience. And, um, you know, she'd just come out um, and saying, hello, is it? me you're looking for and then I'd get interrupted by the piano and all sorts of things would happen um so it it just yeah it's a silly song you know um and yeah I I just adore it a lot and I think the the video is really creepy the music video is very very creepy um but you can just ignore that part but I think yeah it's so 80s anyway I love the 80s but yeah all right here it is (laughs) Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes, I can see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted, and my arms are open wide. I should know just what to say, and you know just what to do. And I want to tell you so much I love you I long to see the sunlight in your Tell you time and time again How much I care Sometimes I feel my heart will overflow Hello I've just got to let you know Cause I wonder where you are And I wonder what you Are you somewhere feeling lonely Or is someone loving you Tell me how to win your heart For I haven't got a clue But let me start by
someone loving you Tell me how to win your heart For I haven't got a clue But let me start by All right, let's talk about now the the Clown Institute. So this is an organization that you have founded, essentially. Can you tell us what it is? Yeah. So the Clown Institute is just me. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like people to think of it as like this huge, like you know, like Google building, massive you know, company, massive, heaps massive. of employees, <laughs> lots of clowns, you know, at keyboards and clown receptionist and yeah no that would be amazing that's a dream I would love that um but it's just me um and I'm I run workshops and classes courses um out of different venues all across um New South Wales um all this, you know the country if the country wants me I would say it's a professional lab um we take nonsense really seriously and by we, I mean me, <laughs> me and my clown. Where is it? Are you local in Sydney? I am. I, I like to think that the Clown Institute is um, everywhere. Right. <laughs> no fixed address. No fixed address. That's cool. I am looking for a home. So, um, no, we don't have a physical space yet. But I do work out of, just going to shout out 107 Redfern um, projects. Um, so they've they've been amazing. So I've received subsidised artist um, uh, space there, and so for maybe the last um, four years, I've been running workshops and labs out of 107. I Redfern. love that place. Me too. Love that place so much. They do so much good work there, and it's such a great vibe every time I visit. Yeah. Uh, now you're obviously a very like well-studied, you know, accomplished teacher who is very fit to be sharing clown wisdom and knowledge. Um, Do you use any of those sort of techniques or teachings that you had when you were in France? Um, Or you also did some study in Spain as Mm. well. Um, Like, do you you bring that with you or is it completely your own sort of flavour? Yeah, um, absolutely. I do mix my own little ingredients, my own flavour, my own um, spice. Uh, you know, the work that I've learnt over in um, Paris or Spain, it evolves. Like I evolve, you know, we're always evolving, we're always changing. So whatever I say today, tomorrow it will, may, it will look different, you know. So I don't want to contradict myself, but <laughs> I, I guess I just want to say to listeners that, yeah, I'm I'm here now and this is what I'm interested in, but clowning can move and change and ebb and flow like anything in life. So um, definitely I'm inspired by the Jacques Lecoq pedagogy and a lot of the work, the sort of the, the teaching that I do or the facilitation that I do comes from those roots. I draw on that because it's, you know, it's a foundational time in my life and I have... I have um, I've I have uh, facilitated facilitated workshops 
specifically looking at those things I was mentioning, the, the sugar cube and that. It was a particular workshop that I did back in 2019 called Clown and the Body. And that was looking at how to take um, things like, you know, like I was saying, cardboard or elastic bands and, um, you know, observation of these materials or of a pigeon, um, you know, or whatever you want to observe, puddle out there in the rain. And then how you can use that and for comedic gold. Like, so that was one of the labs that we did and it was so interesting. Um, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I bet. No, it sounds, it sounds really fascinating. And in your work, part of your flavor is that you emphasize the importance of playful and authentic encounters. What do you mean by that and what does that look like? The current lab that I am running is called Freedom of the Fool. It's a four-part series. It's looking at how you can be free, how clowning can help you be free. And what, what does a clown need for that? And how, how far can you go as a clown? Like what, what are, where, where's the edge of clowning? The light and shade of the clown and as well as looking at um, taboo behaviours and sort of how to break out of the social constructs and that you know that we have in our life and what can the clown get away with basically a lot of people got ideas about clowns yeah and movies and tv shows i don't think help i know yeah like what's with all of the insanely negative depictions of clowns all the time Mm. i i I don't get it neither do i i mean I, i i do get it because people haven't really it's like anything you have to experience it right and be have access to it um it's unfortunate that politicians now are called clowns there's that too right it's like a stigma around this word yeah you know it's uh, it's breaks my heart we're changing that today yes please (laughs) change it today clown is no longer derogatory yeah it's like a compliment it's like you're hilarious i i love it i think it's it's like Yeah, it's very interesting to me that we see so much representation of, like, killer clowns, serial killer clowns, Mm. scary clowns. People are scared of clowns all the time. You know, the people that we all hate, like, you know, corrupt politicians are clowns. But really, there's so much joy and artistry behind Mm. what actual clowns are doing. Yeah. Um, And someone needs to advocate for that. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And, like, when you were asking me about authentic and playful encounters, like, we're – you know, the clowning that I'm interested in is the one that uses their heart. Like, you know, it's 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 always seeking to create a connection with the audience. You know, it's open and it's, it says, love me. I'm here. Love me. You know, um, and laughter is just a, an outcome. You know, like they don't, clown doesn't arrive on stage expecting laughter. So, like, I guess um, there is Avner, the eccentric, who I, I um, did couple of classes with he says I think it's him sorry if I'm misquoting but it's he says and laughter is an interruption for the clown Mm. and then the clown reacts to that laughter you know in bafflement saying what you know I'm just trying to take a glass of water here like you know (laughs) why are you laughing yeah you know and then it finds that interesting and so then goes oh maybe I'll do it again yeah if I do it like this do you like it if I do it this way do you you know are you gonna you know so it's it's this um taking the pressure off of like trying to make someone laugh because I think that's again very um sort of this colonizing word like I'm making you it's like power over it's like no it's like I'm inspiring you Mm. you know to 
you know, it's both it's equal parts funny and equal parts heart. Aside from running the Clown Institute, you've also worked as a medical clown doctor at children's hospitals. What was that experience like? Yeah, I was known as Dr. Ding Dong. It's a creative job. You know, you get to, you get a lot of um, opportunity to be creative inside it. You know, and sort of told how to do the be your clown. Um, and you find your clown within the job, which is also really cool because you kind of get there and you're like, how does my clown relate to this 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 world, the hospital world, with all these rules and procedures and you know um, tragedies sometimes. Um, so, but it's wonderful because you, you you get to work within a duo, you get to work with a partner, and you, you bounce off each other, and you're bringing you know. La- laughter and connection and, and to children and their families and, and staff as well, having a laugh with staff, you know, with staff members, doctors and nurses and the cleaners and who, whoever, you know, the couriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember my clown would always flirt with the elevator um, electrician. Oh, my gosh, that's a great bit. <laughs> my clown loves to flirt, yeah. Yes, yeah, she, flirty clown. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, within reason, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it has to be age appropriate. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it was, it was just, it's a, it was a wonderful time. A lot has been happening. Um, and I wonder, what are your aspirations for the future? And do you have any goals as an artist yourself? Um, yeah, I, I do. I am trying to summon up the courage again to make a show um so yeah to create a new show clown show um and it's working progress name at the moment is called shush nice exclamation mark and you probably could guess it's uh about my phase in motherhood and the sleep deprivation um the joys and the challenges that come with motherhood and parenting um but definitely with um yeah a clown lens so i want to create a clown a very um yeah a very touching but funny clown piece that uh, talks to those moments in life um when you are so exhausted, you want to throw your baby out the the window, <laughs> but, <laughs> you, can, but you don't. But you won't because you, but you won't. You won't because you love them. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. They're safe. They're safe. They're we safe. can joke about this. We can. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I can really see you getting super creative with that concept. I feel like there's a lot of room there to really sort of push the envelope. So that sounds fantastic. I I also am running my first clown retreat. Um, so that's also happening soon in August. And if anyone is interested in wanting to come to a three-day clown retreat um, up north, three hours north, four hours north of Sydney, um, a beautiful uh, place called Fol- Falls Forest, and it will just be a pl- yeah a space for harvesting connection, playful encounters, uh, clowning in nature and in. Yeah, there's waterfalls and there's bushwalks. Wow, that sounds incredible. You know, you get a bit of a vacation, a bit of that experience, Mm -hmm. and then also up your clown skills. Yep. And make friends with other clowns. Exactly. Win-win. Yeah, and you do not need to have any clowning experience to come along on this adventure. Amazing, amazing. It's for everybody. It's for you listening right now. Yes. So you've picked a song by an artist called Ren for this section. Mm. Tell us about this choice. Oh, wow. Well, I'm so intrigued by this artist. Um, I think I, I, I listened to this 
song high rent like on repeat and I like I just I'm so in in, in, I don't know I I go into a bit of a (laughs) trance like state with this guy he um he speaks to me uh, and I think he's you know he's an artist he's a poet musician he's always trying to I feel like be authentic in a world where you know it's it's hard to to make it and he's being courageous about it and 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 saying what it is he wants to say without filter and I love that taken some time to be still I've been taking some time to be by myself and I've spent half my life ill but just as sure as the tide starts turning just as sure as the night has dawned just as sure as the rainfall soon runs dry when you stand in an eye of a storm I was made to be tested and twisted I was made to be broken and beat I was made by his hand it's all part of his plan that I stand on my own two feet and you know me my will is eternal And you know me, you've met me before Face to face with a beast, I will rise from the east And I'll settle on the ocean floor And I go by many names also Some people know me as hope Some people know me as the voice that you hear When you loosen the noose on the rope And you know how I know that I'll prosper? Cause I stand here beside you today I have stood in the flames that cremated my brain And I didn't once flinch or shake So coward the man I've become When I sing from the top of my lungs That I won't retire I'll stand in your fire Inspire that me to be strong And when I am gone I will rise In the music that I left behind Ferocious, persistent, immortal like you We're a climate to different sides about today and the future so obviously you've been through a lot you've been through a hectic schooling experience um you know you've started the clown institute worked as a medical doctor what are general reflections on your career thus far i've had a great time (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel really privileged you know like to be able to 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 go on this journey of of dis- of really like constant self discovery um and help i guess support people on this on the, on their transformative journey too because you know a lot of people come wanting to 
um, you know, try out clowning and then and then they they come out of it understanding themselves better or um, or uh, healing an aspect of themselves. I've suddenly clowning has healed me um, a lot. Um, whether yeah, so I I you know it's not the end. <laughs> so not at all, right? Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's and I'm well, I'm a mum now. So it's like the new thing in my life, mm. <laughs> my little, my little bubba. Does my... does clowning uh, like influence any of your like parenting choices at all? Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, well, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know my whole approach is like child led and and play based learning, and so um you know now I have an audience of one. Like my my little one is my audience, and I'm constantly looking for him to to, to entertain, not entertain, but um, to make him laugh and, and, you know, inspire him to play. And it's not hard because he teaches me how to play. And I'm so now I'm learning from him and he's my little, my little guru. He's, he's the clown. Like he's curious, he's present, he's playful, he's, you know, um, and, and, and naive, which is all the qualities of the clown. (laughs) It's like the best case scenario for both of you because he's Mm. going to be having fun all the time. You're learning and he's like helping your career. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah. Without a doubt. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's uncensored, you know, which I I value a lot. And he's, you know, he has this sense of this is freedom, you know, and he's not um, constrained in, in any way by, you know, life experience and so forth. So it's just beautiful watching him and I'm a part of that. And, um, yeah, it sort of keeps me on my toes. It keeps me present and, and, and playful. So I'm, yeah, that, that's kind of my, my work of art at the moment. What do more people need to know about clowns? It's a state of being, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to enter into a different state, a different energy, a more playful and a curious energy. And so I think you don't necessarily need to, um, you know, study clowning or go into a clowning course thinking that you need to become a clown. They're not purely there for entertaining children. They have such a great depth to them and they really um, understand or draw out the human condition like you know they, they get to you, you, you get to understand humanity profoundly through the clown I also think that um, you know clowning or clowns in general belong in other places um, outside of the hospital um, you know I know that they're, they're working in um, you know like refugee camps and they're seen in different places now like they're you know aged care centers and so forth um with people with dementia and that but um i'm i'm curious as to how the clown can participate in other areas to bring joy or transform moments of tragedy or sadness or um, confusion or whatever or distress um or stress or whatever like maybe like what would it, you know what would it be like to have a clown here or you know at the train station yes oh my god clowns at the train station would be amazing like life would just be so much more joyful yeah <laughs> i think so fully i i love that take what aspirations do you have for future clowns or do you have any advice for people who might want to pursue it mm. um i would say anyone who's interested or curious about the art form to 
lean into it, <laughs> lean into the fear or the doubt. Um, the clown definitely leans into these emotions, these ter- these territories that you know we're, we're scared to go into. Maybe that's a calling. Like yes, go yeah that. If I'm feeling a bit nervous or a bit, ooh, you know, about certain things, like maybe that's what that's maybe something you need to to um, investigate to to play with. So, if you're interested in it, um, just take a leap. Um, there's no right or wrong. Like just it's just it, the worst case scenario is that you'll have a lot of fun and you'll laugh and you'll release a lot of endorphins. So, you know, why not? Um, Sounds like a win-win. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and look, I think if you're wanting to become a professional clown, then definitely, you know, upskill. There are lots of different schools across, um, you know, the world that offer clowning. Um, and, and, you know, you can come to one of my classes and the other people and teachers around the country as well that, are you know, they're offering clowning as well. You've picked a song as well to wrap us up um, for today. Do you want to tell us about this one? I haven't heard of it before. Oh yeah. Um, well, this song it reminds hoo 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 hoo. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> 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 is well for the artist hoo hoo hoo. How I interpret the song and my and how I think she's described it is that hoo 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 is like laughing, but like a Spanish way of laughing. Um, and so. It, it it just for me it, it reminds me of of just of the good you know just the goodness in life and hope like clinging clinging <laughs> um clinging on to hope and uh it's sort of now at a time where i have my baby i'm you know it's it's about just having um a good time and a feeling of um openness and possibility you know like the, the world of possibilities and just you know we don't know what the future holds but um i'm hopeful which you know i think the clown has in bucket loads here it is on fbi 94.5 <laughs> Que te atrapen hasta el final 